What's going on, everybody, and welcome to a special edition Villanova recap episode of the Did You Hear podcast on the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and we are hyped up for this episode. It's a good day. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. Villanova comes away with the big win in the NCAA tournament last night. Pat and I were talking before we recorded, and I literally said, I haven't been this excited about a win in a while slash even potentially more generally more excited about Villanova in a while but it feels pretty good to be the underdog here and I know that's not technically right but you could argue that Villanova Winthrop was one of the biggest upset picks most popular upset picks and it feels pretty good for Villanova to go out there and and put everybody in their place a little bit. Oh, you listen, you saw it a lot on Twitter with the former players. I mean, yes. Eric Pascal was tweeting about it. Phil Booth was tweeting about it. Ochefu was tweeting about it. Colin Gillespie, who it is yeah. ridiculous, by the way, that the NCAA did not allow him to travel with the team. I know. I, I, I couldn't get behind that. I, 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 can, I understand COVID. I cannot understand for the life of me why you wouldn't allow someone who's been with the team the entire year. Yeah to be able to travel with them. So that that's crushing. But he was tweeting about it. Listen, Villanova took notice of it, that a, yeah. a lot of people do not believe in this year's Wildcat squad. And man, it was great to watch them come out last night and, like that. And when was the last time Villanova's had to do that? It's been They've a been while. heavy yeah. favorites for the past, what, four years? Yeah. Five years? So, so that was kind of cool. And it was unexpected, but... But nice. So Villanova came away with a 73-63 to victory over the 12th seeded Winthrop, who was 22-1 on the season, or excuse me, 23-1 on the season. They had a ton of momentum. Villanova obviously didn't because they lost Colin Gillespie. Mm-hmm. They'd been 0-2 without him. Justin Moore was dealing with problems. They've been seeing extended minutes from Chris Diacono. But everything came together in the tournament. And I think the biggest takeaway I have is that experience matters, coaching matters. How many times have we said that on all these recap episodes, Pat? Mm-hmm. And it and it showed up in the tournament. And Winthrop just looked inexperienced and panicked down the stretch, and Villanova exploited every single one of their weaknesses. They were like Patrick Mahomes in the pocket picking apart defenses. That's what Villanova did to Winthrop. Yeah, so if you think about it, you know, while, of course, you know, Jay Wright's got all that the tournament experience, as does this coaching staff, a lot of Villanova's players experienced their first NCAA tournament game yesterday. You know, you had Robinson Earl Moore, Archie Diacono, Daniels Dixon, uh, and, and Antoine. All the, all their first time going out there. So I was really impressed kind of with a very composed performance from Villanova, as you said, to be able to kind of methodically pick through Winthrop, which is what yeah. they did for most of the night. Yeah, that actually I don't think was a point that was talked about enough because obviously the the name with the cancellation and the rep- last year for, yeah, for them. the reputation Villanova player wise was not an experienced team and I was talking more so on the coaching side too. Yes, yes. And and if if Colin had been there, I think it would have been an entirely different story. But mm-hmm. that's just that's just the way it was. So, should we run through the box a little bit and some of the nitty-gritty because I know that we both have a couple of points that we really want to touch on. <clears throat> I think we would be remiss if we didn't start off with the absolute leader and goat of this game, Jeremiah <laughs> Robinson Earl. <laughs> well, I mean, the best way to put it is he did what we've asked him to do all year. Yes. He dominated. Yes. He he was not hesitant. He dominated. He took the ball in his hands. You know, down low, Winthrop had absolutely no answer for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ Burns is a, is a large man. We'll, we'll start it <laughs> off with that. And, and did play some solid defense on Robinson Earl. But even with that, Jeremiah was able to use his quickness to get around him a lot. 
as a rebounder, he was a monster last night, finishing with 11. And some of the passes that Robinson Earl made, I, yeah. I, you think of the the quick pass to Moore, who hit the, the mid-range jumper early mm-hmm. in the first half. You know, he had a few drop passes down in the post to, to Samuels around the basket. I was just so impressed by what I saw from out of Jeremiah. And the thing is, that's what Villanova needs. If they're going to win games in March, they need him to be the leader. They need him to be the guy. They need him to be, you know, the go-to guy in, in the moments that they need to score. And that's what he was last night. Not only that, also 8 of 11 from the foul line. Huge improvement over the Georgetown game. Uh, w- what more can you say about Jeremiah Robinson Earl or James yeah. Robinson Earl if you listen to the broadcast? <laughs> that was so disrespectful to him. <laughs> but so I'll start with Burns. 69270. Oh, he's, the he's highest, a house. He's the highest rated recruit Winthrop has ever had. He came from Tennessee. I expected him How many times have we talked this entire year? We talked about it with every single guest that we've have, had on for college basketball too. Villanova's biggest weakness is their ability to defend the big man. And mm-hmm. I expected there was a there were doubts in my mind that Villanova would drop this game because of that. Because who is going to match up against somebody that big? He was not nearly as athletic as I thought he was going to be. And he wasn't nearly as impactful, period, that I thought he was going to be because Jeremiah Robinson Earl was so strong. And yeah, I think... He, go ahead quickly. On I, was, I was just going to say very quickly, he picked up some bad fouls. And I think that he really did. threw off his rhythm. That's a good point. That limited him. And they just... The offense didn't run through him as much as I thought it would. And they're obviously known for their shooting, but I think they... In the scouting report, Villanova's weakness, I think, is a pretty glaring one, Mm -hmm. and they didn't exploit it the way that I thought they would. But going back to to Robinson Earl, he's a big part of that. And you know what? Maybe we need to start giving credit and start having more confidence in Robinson Earl because look at what he did against Kansas's big man last year, Yudoka Mm -hmm. Azubuki. He stepped up in that way, too. He struggled against guys like Nate Watson and and Kudis Wahab, and those are typical big men, too, but... For some reason, Robinson Earl just matched up very well against Burns, and I think it's because he's so athletic. His footwork was Mm -hmm. literally impeccable in the paint. And, again, at the end, this is still – if I am taking away one concern, I think when Villanova panics a bit, they start to rely on the mid-range and the threes that aren't falling, and I think that's what happened a bit when Winthrop came back in the first half. But what did they do in the, in the second half? Villano, uh, Jay Wright told them that they needed to be physical. They got to the free throw line nearly every other possession, it seemed like. It was amazing to watch. And Robinson Earl didn't rely on that mid-range. He knew that he could exploit Burns and the rest of the Winthrop team down low, and that is exactly what he did. I was so happy. He stepped up when the team needed him most, and I think this was the, his performance of the year. I really do. I, I think you're spot on, especially on the on the footwork and the quickness-wise for Robinson Earl. I think that was the, the difference. And on your point, too, with the settling for the mid-range jumpers and threes, I've kind of had enough of dribbling the shot clock down to four seconds and then just giving it to Justin Moore exactly. and having him have to chuck up a contested three. It's not Moore's yeah. fault. He's got to get the shot up. But to, to speak on Moore then, I thought his ankle looked healthy. And yeah. I think that's what's important in this. I I was really happy seeing him drive to the basket because we talk about how good he is finishing through contact. You saw that a couple times last night. He only hit a couple threes, wasn't able to really get in rhythm there. But 15 points, and the biggest thing, the biggest thing for Moore is he got 37 minutes out of him, a guy that was hobbled just a couple weeks ago. So he is a huge key. I'm hoping that he's completely 
just icing today so that he's ready to go out there and try it again tomorrow night. But I, I think it is so. his health was obviously so important going into this tournament. So to get 37 minutes out of him and to get pretty good minutes out of him as well, that was super important. Yeah, I was just going to say, he didn't have a great shooting night. His numbers nope. weren't amazing. He was 5 for 13, 2 for 7 from 3. But I think the same the same impact that Colin Gillespie had on this offense, more is starting to have that impact on this offense. The team can settle a bit. Archie got a lot less minutes, which I did want to mention, along with mm-hmm. Eric Dixon. But I think he can just settle into that pseudo-point guard role, even though he's not a natural point guard. But facilitate that offense, force it down low, and again, it, it's just better when even if the ball does go in his hands, there's a better chance that he's going to make the shot than somebody like Brandon Slater having to throw up a shot yeah. at the end of the <laughs> shot clock. Okay, I completely agree. Yeah. All right, so what do you? So I'll ask you first, what do you think about Jay's game plan? And, and just if, if you could take away from one thing about either what he scouted about this <clears throat> Winthrop team and what he did really well to try and exploit their weaknesses, or it could be about rotation, whatever you want to go with first. Yeah, so uh, starting with Winthrop, I think a big thing that that I saw coming into the game, and I think Villanova tried to exploit it as well, is that they turned the ball over a lot. And while they, it wasn't a brutal turnover game for them, they finished with 10. I think we saw from Valdron, who is a great passer, he also makes just some passes that don't make any sense, and he turned the ball over a ton because of it. He, he was responsible yeah. for five of their turnovers. He was the one throwing the baseball passes, the the around the back passes it, it was honestly a little strange at times especially with Winthrop down the way they were mm-hmm. I don't think those are exactly high percentage and it caused some turnovers there so I do think that Wright really focused on trying to, to force Winthrop into those turnovers and then what I saw which I'm gonna be honest with you I wasn't really expecting was that Jay trusted his guys and he trusted his fringe players which you over the years we talk about all the time how Wright really shortens the bench and usually plays like six or seven time mark come March time I mean, look at it. You had Slater play 17 minutes. Brian Antoine played 19 minutes and 19 really good minutes. Hit two massive threes. Had his hands really active in the past. I was so happy for Antoine. Welcome to Villanova, Brian Antoine, after that game last night. Uh, Had active hands in passing lanes. Was able to knock a couple balls away. Even Cole Swider played 13 minutes. And as I as big of a critic I am for Swider, I don't think he played poorly. He hit a couple threes as well. Uh, And as you said, Chris Archdiakono got 12 minutes. Uh, out there so Jay trusted his guys and I you know you you don't always see that yeah I don't I think the reason for Dixon's limited minutes is that they didn't need him against Burns like I maybe like I maybe thought they would in the way that they did against Wahab and Georgetown and Watson at Providence in those two losses yeah I think you're you're exactly spot on he trusted his guys which we didn't really see down the stretch of the regular season which I was kind of surprised by when was the last time Caleb Daniels had more than 25 minutes? Mm-hmm. And I don't think Daniels was great last night, but he still played him for 27 minutes. Yeah, but at least he was more in the game. And while the fouls Agreed. have been such a problem for him all season yes. long, I think that's contributed to just the start and stopness of his game. And he can't really get into a rhythm. He hit a couple big shots. He I'll did. give it to him. He did. Yeah, I don't think he's as impactful as, as <clears throat> Robinson Earl or even Samuels on, on the court. But I think he's an energy guy. We've talked about that before. 
And I liked seeing him on the court. And again, I haven't felt like that in a while about Daniels. I think he, he stepped up and had a big game. I agree. I don't think it was, listen, Daniels has had some brutal games of late, just to be yeah. completely honest. This was not one of them. Exactly. Well, yes, it's still, it's crushing that he extends his arm on every drive and gets called for that <laughs> offensive foul all the time. It's just a habit for him. Yeah. Uh, he did hit some big threes. He did have a couple good drives to the hoop. I don't think he played some pretty solid defense. This was not a, a, a game that I think you harp on Caleb Daniels for, but I was just really impressed by Brian Antoine, and that yeah. is one thing that I do want to focus on because oh. that was that was great to see him come out there and make an impact. It's exactly what he needed, and mm-hmm. what I was so happy with is that he did it with such authority. Yep. He just picked up that ball, and he shot it right away. Was it consecutive possessions, Both times. Too? I, yeah. it, it, I'm not sure if it was back-to-back, but it was very close to each yeah, other. It very, might have within, been back-to-back. Within a minute. Sure. I think you could you can confidently say, but they were deep. They were with confidence. He did not hesitate for one second, and this is what Villanova has been waiting for. And of course, it brings up the whole discussion about how highly rated of a prospect he was, and he was a mm-hmm. McDonald's All American. Blah blah blah. I think that's done. I don't think we need to focus on that anymore. All we need to focus on now is how he's adjusting to this Villanova system, and I think with Gillespie out. He's finally gotten his chance to get in there with, I think you could actually go either way, potentially more pressure because Gillespie's not there and he needs to produce, but also less pressure because now the spot is his Yep. and nobody can take it from him, really. Who else is going to come off the bench and play more minutes than <laughs> There's Andrew? There's not a lot of guards on this Villanova roster. <laughs> exactly. So I think he's slowly but surely adjusting to his role and his place on his team and he came away with eight points to show for it, and I'm so happy for him. Yeah, I was I was thrilled by by seeing that type of performance yesterday. Yeah. All right, so I'll say my thing about Jay. I think your the rotation was perfect. He trusted his guys. I mentioned briefly at halftime, they always have the the keys from both coaches that the sideline reporter comes up mm-hmm. with. Jay's was they have to be more physical. Yeah. And they did that to such a T. I think it was Villanova's best physical performance of the season they went to the line 26 times I don't that's definitely not a season high but it's respectable enough especially because they went to the line twice in the first half I would yes that is exactly what I was about to say was how big of a second half adjustment that was yeah and that's huge and that's adjusting to the game plan or making adjustments to the game plan because they did overestimate Burns and they did overestimate Winthrop having the 11th highest tempo in the nation. Pat literally hit the nail on the head. Villanova didn't allow them to play fast because they didn't turn the ball over. The ball handlers were so exceptional for Villanova that they didn't allow Winthrop to get fast, and that could have been what sent Villanova home because Mm -hmm. we've seen them all year long struggle against fast teams like Creighton and... Um, St. John's, most notably, and even UConn. But they just stuck to their guns and they utilized their biggest strengths in this game, or strength, singular, which was Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the paint. I do wish that we saw a bit more from Jermaine Samuels. Do you agree agree. with me there? No, I I agree. Uh, He really didn't get in the game in the first half at all. Yes. Uh, Second half, I think he started to see the ball uh, a little bit more. I'd like to see him get a little more post-action, especially against Winthrop that was struggling against it so mightily with Robinson Earl. But I I say it every single time. Samuels, the best thing Samuels does is the drives off the dribble and trying to get to the rim and and do the finger roll layup. It's, It's his basically patented play at this point. 
He didn't see it too much last night. He did help out rebounding-wise. We know he always plays really strong defense, but uh, I think he's definitely a player to watch going into Sunday night to see if he makes a little more of an impact. Yeah, and his impact is intangible because Mm -hmm. of his leadership and being the senior on this team and really the only guy with experience in the tournament. But I do think he's emerged as such a talented post player with the footwork too that I could see him going off for 20 points in the paint as opposed to only his... His 11 points. And then the last thing I wanted to say about this game plan in J-Ray is that Winthrop was a popular upset pick because of their tempo, because of their shooters, because of their big man, and also because Villanova was severely injured. They had a, a rough end to the season. And I think the other reason is that they don't have a lot of bench depth. Yep. And bench, a lack of bench depth precludes teams from going deep in the tournament. We know that from watching year after year of teams who can't go eight or nine deep and these guys just lose steam because of the nature of the tournament the biggest takeaway again that i'm i'm taking from this game is that villanova and jay wright find ways to get things done they got 19 minutes out of a brian antoine that we've never seen before in his whole two years with the team Chris Archidiakono is able to go out there again and have no turnovers. No turnovers. Tr- he's That's a defensive legend. He's amazing <laughs> on defense. I can't even get over it. He's tough. It Listen, just, he's a 6'5 point guard, so he's a tough defensive matchup I know. for a lot of these guards. And he probably was a big reason why Vaudrin had those five turnovers. Mm-hmm. That just popped into my head now, but that's that's definitely true. And it, I was just so impressed by what Wright and his staff were able to do to get the most out of each and every player on this team. They got a pretty dominant 10-point win, and now they go on to North Texas, which I think is a much better matchup for Villanova as opposed to a lot of the big men on Purdue. That would that would pose a pretty scary matchup for Villanova. Yeah, well, listen, I, I talked about it when we were discussing Villanova's outlook for this tournament. I said Purdue was a nightmare-type matchup yeah. for Villanova because of the size. Well, they don't have to worry exactly. about that. So it's going to be interesting because just doing a little bit of homework on North Texas, they are the exact opposite of Winthrop and that Winthrop likes to play fast North Texas plays very very slow Mm. they play slower than Villanova they are 350th in the country in tempo. <laughs> they are a grinded out type of team. They you are don't very, see that very often. No. Better than they, Villanova. They play very strong defense. They're in the top 40 nationally, and they are a strong three-point shooting team. So North Texas is a tough matchup. That is the other difference here from Winthrop, where Winthrop pl- played absolutely nobody in their schedule. North Texas had games against Arkansas, Mississippi State, West Virginia, and Loyola Chicago this year. Yeah. They lost all of them, but they also kept all of them close. North Texas Mean Green is a legit team here, but they are very, very different than Winthrop. Yeah, that's a, a great way to put it. Well said. I they they came away with the win over Purdue, right? They handled yep. Trevion Williams. So at, but they at listen, you saw it. Legit. You saw it in overtime. Purdue didn't score until there were about 30 seconds yes. left in overtime. Oh, my God. I could not even believe it. Yeah, that. so North yeah. Texas can clamp down on you on defense. So th- this is a tough matchup for Villanova, but at least North Texas doesn't have a 7'4 center. <laughs> and and they do play 6'10", I believe, is the is the tallest guy for them that, that gets legitimate minutes. But uh, the, this should be a little bit better of a matchup for Villanova than what Purdue could have given them. I agree, and I think... Again, if it's going to come down to it of which tempo is going to win, if, of which team is going to be the most composed and try to play their way, I have to give the nod to Villanova, mm-hmm. even without Gillespie. I think their experience is starting to show, even if it's more experience on the coaching staff side than the player side. 
if Jermaine, uh, if Jeremiah Robinson Earl plays as well as he did, and they can keep using him in the post, if Justin Moore plays as well as he did, slash hits more of his shots, that elevates Villanova. Jermaine Samuels stays active on offense. Brandon Slater keeps it up on defense. They can get a couple big shots out of Cole Swider and Brian Antoine. I think people need to start giving more credit to Villanova. Because yeah. Pat and I, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but Pat and I said right before we started recording, if Villanova beats North Texas, they're dancing. Yeah. I just took that from Pat. Sorry to steal that from you. <laughs> That's okay. But it's true because that is a serious run for mm-hmm. a team that was counted out by Seth Davis the literal second after the matchup came out. So take that, Seth Davis, and it. we are noticing that you aren't acknowledging it. So I hope you're listening so that you can hear, because obviously you're great, love all, you, all that you do, but this was just, this was a bad pick, and Villanova showed why in every single facet of their game. Yeah, I do enjoy his articles on The Athletic, I will say he that, is, but <laughs> he is most very... Of other, most of his other, other picks were right, so we'll give him <laughs> some credit. But, you know, when you come out with that that type of veracity behind Villanova, we have to give you a little bit of stick for exactly, it. Exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, as we said, the, North Texas is a tough matchup. But Villanova does have the weapons to be able to get through here. Of course, Jay Wright doesn't have a week to prepare for this game, which I think was mm. also really key for negating Winthrop. Uh, but I'm excited. Listen, Villanova's got another game here in the tournament. They, they can absolutely win this game. Uh, not an easy one. Uh, I would expect to see a little bit of a lower scoring game here. But yeah. it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, that's actually another thing. 73 points I was surprised by that they were able to put up that much offense. And again... I think that's a concern when uh, Gonzaga and Baylor are putting up 85 plus, but we'll, we'll get there when it comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, all right, so that pretty much wraps up Villanova. But I want to hear what game you were most into yesterday. Ooh. We're, a... So we're recording Saturday morning after yes. Nova game finished at like 12:40 last night. What game was I most into yesterday? I had to say that Florida Virginia Tech game to start things yeah. off was so much fun. Uh, just you know the massive shot by VT there at the end, the three pointer mm. to to send it into overtime. That was awesome. And then how can you not state the Oral Roberts Ohio State game as I take two of them here when you ask for one because I just can't help yep. myself. Um, you know, but ninth time in history a fifteen over a two, and mm. uh, Ohio State just did not look like their normal self. Usually, one of the better offensive teams in the country. It was an ugly performance for them for most of the game, and Oral Roberts was balling yesterday. <laughs> they really were. I love it. Obviously, wrecks the bracket, right? But I think my biggest takeaway from March is that if you're not rooting for the for yeah. the underdogs, even if it messes up your bracket, then I think you're doing it wrong. Oh, just have fun. Root, yeah. uh, as long as it's not against Villanova, root exactly. for the upsets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think there were there were four games that I audibly groaned at or cheered for. It was Virginia Tech shot right at yep. the end of regulation. That was awesome. It was when uh, Dwayne Washington missed the shot on Ohio State. He was wide the guy who had three. that wide open mm-hmm. three, right? Um, when North Texas did not take both shots in their last possession to try and beat Purdue before yeah. going into overtime. That was uh, did you see the the two shots that the guy decided not to take? I I I think I know what you're talking about, but I had a lot of games on so it was yeah. going back and forth. <laughs> but that they could have put up a shot to try and end it right there and they were ended up being fine in overtime obviously. And then I was obviously up the entire Villanova game, but there were I I I have to go with Florida Virginia Tech too, just because it was the first, and 
I think honestly could be one of the best games of the entire tournament. It was Mar- that good of a game. March is back. That's but, all we got to say. For and I will, I will end it here before you outro us. Mm-hmm. The Oral Roberts University. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> uh, more wins over Ohio State than Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I saw that too. Yep. Poor Jim. <laughs> it's just too easy of a joke to make at yeah. this point. But exactly. all right, that will do it for us on the Did You Hear podcast. Villanova coming away with the 73-63 victory over the Winthrop Eagles and are destined for their next game Sunday night at 8.45 p.m. Eastern against the North Texas Mean Green. We will bring you a recap from that at some point, either Sunday night or Monday. So look out for that coming up and as well as our normally scheduled episode on Wednesday. An MLB season preview. Oh my God, Emma and I are so excited to bring you that one. So I hope everyone enjoys all the madness from this weekend. It's only just begun after yesterday. Make sure to follow and subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star rating as well as it really helps us out. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DidYouHearPod and be on the lookout for our next episode. So, Emma, that's a wrap.